0: My name is Peter Hockley, I'm an evangelist at Oxford Bible Church and today I'm going to talk to you about encountering Jesus. You know Christianity is unique among all the religions and philosophies and ideas that exist in the world in that at its center is not a doctrine or a teaching or even an idea but a person. Christianity stands apart from so many other things in that at its core is not simply a system of rules and beliefs, but a person whose name is the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And without him, there is no Christianity. It's not just the teaching, but the teacher. It's not just what was said, but who was saying it. Now, of course, the teaching of Jesus is completely vital. And Jesus himself said that whoever listens to his teachings and follows his words is like a wise man who builds his life, on the most secure foundation that there is, the foundation of solid rock. But the reason why those words are so safe and so solid and so secure is precisely because they are his words. It's not just the teaching, but the teacher. It's not only what was said, but who it was who said it. The message is about the man. It's not simply the message itself. In John chapter 8 and verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And I want you to think about that for just a moment. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He didn't say he was the light of Jerusalem or Bethlehem or Nazareth. He said, I am the light of the world. The entire earth, every continent, every nation, every race, every people group, Jesus said, I am the light of the whole world, every tribe, every tongue, there is nowhere on this earth you can put your feet where Jesus is not the light. And he said, I am the light of the world, not simply his teaching, not my message is the light, not my example or my principles are the light. He said, I am the light, as if he himself was the light of the world. Now think about how could any man talk in such a way? How can anybody make such a bold proclamation and statement unless the testimony of the scripture is true that Jesus Christ really is the Son of God. So today I'm talking about encountering Jesus and the first thing I wanna say is that to encounter Jesus is personal. You know, Jesus didn't just stand on the mountain top preaching to the masses. He didn't just sit in the teacher's seat in the synagogue speaking to the assembled crowds. He didn't just make speeches to the public but he came down amongst the people and he made intimate and close contact with them. And as his fame spread abroad and people heard more and more about him, they came to him, they sought him out, they pressed through the crowds just for a moment of his time and Christ so very graciously acknowledged every single one of them and gave them the time that they desired. Jesus met people on a personal one-to-one basis. He ministered to people's needs Individually, They came to him with all kinds of ailments and sicknesses and diseases and conditions and he healed them all. They came with all kinds of questions and dilemmas and problems and he dealt with each case as it came. Each case in turn responding to people however they had need such as the woman at the well at Samaria or the rich young ruler who came to him asking what can I do to have eternal life. In the 18th chapter of Luke's gospel, we meet blind Bartimaeus, a beggar sat by the roadside. And he hears a commotion one day as a crowd passes by. And when he's told that the one passing is Jesus of Nazareth, having heard of the Nazarene's miraculous ministry, he cries out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And when he does so, the response of Jesus isn't to ignore Bartimaeus, but even as Bartimaeus cries and calls out for Jesus, Jesus calls for Bartimaeus and tells those with him, go and bring him to me. And when that old blind beggar is standing in front of Jesus, Jesus says in Luke 18, 41, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus says the same thing to you and I. What is it that you want me to do for you? What can I do to help you? What is it that you need. And of course we're not talking about those selfish and carnal things, you know, oh I'd like to be a billionaire with a yacht sailing on the ocean with no responsibilities or no more work whatsoever. No. His question goes deeper than that. What is it that you're hiding in your heart? What burdens you? What troubles your mind and plagues and torments your soul? What hurts are you carrying? What scars do you bear? What pains is it that you hold in secret that no one else knows about or perhaps they know but they just don't care. Jesus is interested. He is the good shepherd who will leave the 99 sheep who are safe and secure just to search for that one who is lost because he cares for the individual. He loves each one of us equally. In the crowd of hundreds or thousands or even millions, what Jesus sees are millions of entirely unique ones. And every single one is precious and dear to him. Your story isn't like anyone else's story. Your journey is unique and Jesus is very keen to be involved. He says in Luke 12 and verse 7, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You are known by the Lord entirely and entirely loved by him. In Matthew chapter 5, we meet a Roman centurion who has a servant that he loves like a son. And that servant is sick and near death. And hearing about Jesus and his ministry and knowing that Jesus is in the region, that centurion sends word to Jesus to ask him not to come to his house because he says he's unworthy of such a thing, but that Jesus might just speak a word and that his servant might be healed. Now that centurion was a foreigner. He was a stranger. He was an outsider. And you might be listening today and you might be a foreigner to Christianity. You might be a stranger to the church. You might have very limited exposure to Christianity and Christian teaching. But I wanna encourage you that if you'll call upon Jesus like that centurion, he will respond to you in the same way that he did to that Roman. For Jesus spoke the word and the centurion's servant was indeed healed. All those who came to Jesus were received by him and no one was turned away on account of being too poor or too lowly or not qualified enough. There was no one who would sin so great a sin that the Son of God would not accept them. Encountering Jesus is personal. But secondly, I want to say that encountering Jesus is also powerful. In Matthew chapter 8, as Jesus finishes the Sermon on the Mount, he comes down the hillside and is met by a leper. And that leper was an outcast. The centurion was an outsider, but the leper was an outcast. The law forbid him from mingling with the people. He was required to be far away so as to not... Uh, be contagious amongst the population. And he had no hope as his life was literally falling away from him. He had no hope but to come to Jesus. And he knew that Jesus was able to heal him. But the question in his mind was, is he willing? And in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 3, it says, Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Jesus says to us, I am willing, be cleansed, be healed, be free. And it goes on to say that immediately, that man's leprosy was cleansed. Power touched weakness. Light touched darkness. Heaven touched hell. Life touched death. The blessing touched the curse. Jesus Christ of Nazareth touched deadly leprosy and leprosy was no more. Because encountering Jesus is powerful. I've said already that Jesus, because he was goodness, did not turn anyone away that came to him. But did you notice also that Jesus never turned anyone away on account of insufficient power? We never hear Christ once say, well, I would like to help you. My heart breaks with sympathy for your sufferings, but in your case, there's just nothing I can do. My power is not enough. My uh, my power is not enough for your situation. It's too great for me. Do we ever hear Jesus say that? No, never. Because he's not just powerful, he's all powerful. God is the supreme Lord and master over all creation, over all nature, over all heaven and earth, and over all flesh. He's the one who could tell the wind and waves, shush, be still, and they were. And he could command those same waves, hold me up. And they had to obey and submit to him and become a path for him to walk along. Christ is never beaten. He cannot be outmatched. There is no enemy that he cannot overcome, no chain that he cannot break, no addiction that he cannot conquer. Nothing is too strong, no sickness so deadly that he cannot drive it away. In Mark chapter 5, we have the story of Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue in Capernaum. He comes to Jesus, pleading with him to return to his house because he has a young daughter who is on a sickbed and near death. And Jesus acknowledges Jairus and says, take me to her. Now, while they're on the way, of course, you know the story, they're interrupted by a woman with an issue of blood, a woman who has been sick for 12 years and suffered many things. And she has tried everything to cure herself, but to no avail. She hears of Jesus and is convinced that he's different. And I want to be able to convince you today, by the help of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is indeed different. And she knows that he's willing And she knows that he's able. And so she makes the choice to go to him. Now her condition was intensely, intensely personal and embarrassing. So she doesn't even engage Jesus in conversation. She says, if I can just touch the border of his clothes, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then I know I'll be made well. And you might not feel comfortable in your situation. You might hide some things, you might hide that sin, that secret shame in your heart, that thing that you can't share with anyone else for fear of embarrassment or what they might say in judgment against you. But I wanna encourage you today to reach out and touch the Lord Jesus Christ by faith and he will have mercy on you without condemnation. And so she comes to Jesus pressing through the crowd and does indeed touch the border of his garment and immediately she is healed of her sickness and disease. And Jesus engages the woman in conversation and she tells him fearfully everything that has happened to her. And he says, daughter, be of good faith. Your faith has made you well. Go and be healed of your disease. Now, I want you to think for a moment about poor Jairus. Jairus standing there, daughter on the bed of sickness, near death. And now suddenly there they are stopped in the middle of the road, wasting time, precious minutes being eaten up. And then suddenly the news arrives, that awful news, while Jesus is still rejoicing with the woman who was healed, that message comes that the daughter is now dead. Jesus looks at Jairus right in the eyes in Mark chapter 5, 36 and says, Do not be afraid, only believe. Did you think that I forgot about you, Jairus? Did you think that it was too late for me to do anything now? And I wonder if anyone listening today has ever been in that position, has ever despaired, When you've been praying for a miracle in your life, when you've been so desperate for God to move in your situation and you've cried out to him in pain and agony, but then you see others around you being touched by the Lord, others sharing their testimonies of how they were healed and your body is still in pain, sharing testimonies of how money came in supernaturally and you're still wondering how on earth you're ever going to get out of debt. Brothers and sisters in Christ talking about the promotions that have come their way. The blessings and the opportunities that have materialized. Things being handed to them seemingly on a plate. And you're still there wondering and waiting. When is it going to be my turn? As you hear about all the other miracles and signs and wonders. And saying in your heart, Lord, when will it be me? Are you like Jairus standing there watching someone else rejoice? Waiting patiently for your turn. But saying, oh Lord. My case is so desperate, when will it be me? Hear the word of the Lord and believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. This is what Jesus says. He says, I've not forgotten you. No one else is more important. Nothing else is more pressing. And no matter what you've heard, it is not too late. An encounter with Jesus is powerful. And Jairus found this out as Jesus indeed went to his house and into that room where the daughter lay dead on the bed. And Jesus took her by the hand, said, Talitha Kumi, and her spirit returned. She arose from the dead, and he gave her back to her parents. Encountering Jesus is personal. It's powerful. But thirdly, I want to say that it's also penetrating. In Mark's Gospel, the fifth chapter, we meet the man of Gadara, a man whose life was plagued by demons. He was tormented by them, afflicted by them, so severe That he was driven mad, driven to cut himself with stones and live out in the graveyard, naked and violent and a fear and terror to all the people in the community who stayed very well far away from him. But that encounter with Jesus changed that man's life so dramatically. Jesus told the man, what is your name? Asked the man, what is your name? And he said, my name is Legion, for we are many, yes, many demons but not too many for the Son of God and he cast them out and the man was completely transformed. He was completely made new and as his life was changed, the same man who was once afflicted by demons just minutes earlier, now sitting there free and whole, the people wondered and were amazed and some were fearful because they knew it was the same man, but he now looked unlike anyone had ever seen him look before because an encounter with Jesus is penetrating. Jesus told Bartimaeus the one we mentioned earlier that old blind beggar once he healed his blind eyes so that he could see he said to the man go your way go your way your faith has made you well and it says that Bartimaeus gave glory to God and followed Jesus. Jesus said to him go your way But Bartimaeus had no use for that old way any longer, that dusty roadside where he once sat begging. He had a new way, and that way was to follow Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. So said the Apostle Paul, and he knew this to be true more than most. The encounter that he had with Jesus was penetrating. It changed his life. He was once Saul the Pharisee, who hated Christianity and Christians and wanted to eradicate them, from the face of the earth. But on that Damascus road, he met and encountered the Lord Jesus Christ. And in a moment, all of that hatred was swept away. Saul became Paul, changed, converted, so much so that he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ with more zeal than he ever did in persecuting that same gospel. How many can echo the apostle Paul? How many can say with him, yes, at one time I laughed at Christianity. I mocked Church, I made fun of Jesus and Bibles, but now, the one who turned their nose up at all, their nose up at it all, your life has been transformed and changed by Jesus, and you'll say, "Yes, I love the Son of God with all my heart." What happened? It was that encounter with Jesus. Encountering Jesus is personal, it's powerful, it's penetrating, and fourthly, I want to say that encountering Jesus is permanent. The fisherman who were called to follow Jesus, the tax collector, Matthew, who became his disciple. These these men stayed with Jesus for life. Christ's work in their heart was never undone. The gift of life that he gave them was never taken back. And they never traded him for anything else. In John 6 and verse 67, some of those who were on the periphery following Jesus from the sidelines did walk away. And so Jesus challenged his apostles and said, do you also want to go away and you know others might drift others might fall away but those who truly encountered Jesus they've got nowhere else to go and it was Simon Peter who said Lord where else are we going to go you're the one who has the words of eternal life we're marked with something when we encounter Jesus that cannot be removed even the backslider knows it are you listening today your life has been touched by the Lord but things have happened that have made you drift away from him disappointment difficulties they've made you pull back he calls you still and your heart still calls to him your mind fights it the devil wars against you but in your heart you know that Jesus is still the same one that he revealed himself to you to be so long ago I want to encourage you today to come back to him and make that choice to say yes Lord I'll follow you lastly I want to make a short word about encountering Jesus today You know, why is it even possible that we can encounter the Lord Jesus Christ today, some 2,000 years since he was here among us? It's possible because the road of Jesus' earthly life led him to the cross. What began in the manger at Bethlehem had its culmination at Golgotha, Calvary, that rocky hillside outside the city walls of Jerusalem. It was there that Christ's mission was fulfilled as he voluntarily surrendered his life He who knew no sin willfully gave himself into the hands of his enemies that they might scourge him and nail him to a tree. To his followers, it was a disaster. It was a tragic end to three years of glorious miracles and signs and wonders. But that was always the plan. As Jesus himself said in Matthew 16, 21, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Jesus had saved his greatest miracle for last. For while he hung naked on that cross, beaten, scourged, bleeding, crowned with thorns, invisible to the naked eye, the sin of the world, your sin and mine, was laid upon him and he suffered the judgment for it. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ gave himself for all of us. He offered his own life as a ransom for many. Even as the great prophet Isaiah said, All of us have gone astray like sheep, each one to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him, laid on Jesus, the iniquity of us all, the innocent for the guilty, the holy for the unholy, the righteous for the unrighteous. He took our place on that cross and he drank the cup of the wrath of God right to the very dregs. He drank the cup to death because it was a dead man that they carried down from that cross. It was a lifeless body that they laid in the tomb. But as Peter told Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 and verse 40, him God raised on the third day and showed him openly. The sacrifice for sin was made The payment owed by sinful men was made in full by the Holy One. And the Son of God who was dead is now alive forevermore. And he's alive in this moment right now, reaching forth his hand to everyone hearing my voice and saying, I love you. I died for your sins. And if you will but take my hand and receive me into your heart, I will transform you. That encounter with me will change you, will save you. Jesus says, I will forgive you. I will give you a new start and a new life, not just here, but in the hereafter, everlasting life to live with God in heaven forevermore. Christ is the judge of the living and the dead. You know, the world will all be gathered before his throne one day. Everyone will give account to him. And friend, you will be there too. But how will you appear before him on that day? Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 say if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you shall be saved. If you will confess Christ if you will acknowledge your sin and repent of it and say Jesus forgive me if you will acknowledge him as Lord and say Jesus I recognize you're the son of God that my life is not my own but it belongs to You if you'll open up your heart and invite him in and say, yes, Lord, be my savior, be my Lord, I'll follow you even as those did in the New Testament. If you'll do that, then Jesus will come, my friend, and he'll transform you, he'll save you, he'll set you free. Those who come to Jesus and encounter him, they must come by faith. They must come willingly, voluntarily. They must come on his terms, which means to surrender. So I ask you today, will you be like Bartimaeus? Will you be like the centurion? Will you be like the leper? Will you be like the woman with the issue of blood? Will you come to Jesus with that open heart and say, Yes, Lord, I recognize that I'm lost and broken and apart from God, but I will trust in you today. I'll come to you and call upon your name. Let's do that right now. I want to pray a very simple prayer and I invite those of you whom this message has touched and you know that God is speaking to your heart. You know the Holy Spirit is drawing you right now and calling you to come. I'm going to pray this very simple prayer and I want you to pray along with me. But don't just repeat my words for the sake of it. Take my words and make them yours. Offer them up to the Lord right now. Let's pray and say, Father God, I come to you now and I confess that I have sinned. But I ask you, Lord Jesus Christ, to forgive my sins and come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I trust that you died on the cross for me. And I trust that having risen from the dead, you will forgive my sins now and give me new and everlasting life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I put my faith in you and I commit to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for hearing and answering this prayer. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, I wanna encourage you that you're now a child of the living God. Commit yourself to follow him all the days of your life. Walk with him and he will never let you down and he'll never let you go. And you'll you'll realize in your life that he is strong enough to carry you through any storm, through any trial, through any problem. Be encouraged. Because Jesus loves us so greatly, there is nothing in the world that can separate us from him. Amen. Four nights with the devil, a true story of deliverance from evil, is my testimony of how back in 2002, as a young man on a spiritual journey, looking for answers and spiritual truth, I found myself involved heavily in the occult and engaging in occult practices, troubled and tormented by demons. Until calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he rescued me and set me free. This book is available on Amazon or everywhere in the world as a paperback. It's also available as a Kindle download. I want to encourage you to get this book as an encouragement in your faith that Jesus is Lord over all devils and demons.
1: Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the vision of this ministry is really to to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God as far and wide as possible. And we are so grateful for those who, who have helped us in this way financially and with your prayers. It really makes a huge difference that we can get the Word of God out on different platforms and spread it across the world, even in different languages. Thank you so much for all your help. If you go to our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you'll see on the online shop all the different products we have available, books, CDs, DVDs. I just wanted to draw your attention that we have a number of special DVDs available on, on about different locations in Israel and uh, about Bible chronology and other subjects. On top of that, we actually have over 500 different DVDs available of all the TV programs we've ever done on different subjects. Now, there are too many of them to kind of list to you, but you can phone the office, you can send an email to us. Uh, at uh, obc.church at yahoo.co.uk uh, and you can ask for a list of all our DVDs and then you can perhaps order the ones that take your fancy. Thank you for watching. Join with us at Oxford Bible Church every Sunday at 11am Greenwich Mean Time for our live stream service or join us at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, ox 37 qh You can watch more of our teachings on our Roku channel and Derek Walker's YouTube channel. All Derek Walker's books are available in printed and Kindle versions in all Amazons worldwide or online with other great products, where you can also support our programs at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.